And welcome back to another episode, a whole lot of nothing. Episode 11, hosted by myself, Jamie Lee, Lee. Emma Boy, and the other mic, Roland Prince. Hello, my name is Roland Prince. And ladies, as usual, add me up on fucking Instagram at RolandThePrince1L, because the 2L one is stupid. Roland like the piano. Anyway, as we start every single episode, Jamie. Roland like the piano? Yeah. What's that? The piano company Roland? Never heard of it. I, I don't play pianos, so it's one of the biggest piano companies, like or, or really audio companies or instrument companies that mm. is out there, bro. Actually, speaking, this is interesting. I don't want to say it's a blart just yet because we haven't started any topics. But here's topic number one. Okay. For this. Um. So recently, I was on Twitter, Twitter, and I saw this ad in this commercial that went totally viral and it was absolutely mind-blowing i can't remember the company which is kind of a flaw in the ad in my opinion if you can't remember the company but facts but continue the rest of it was phenomenal Mm -hmm. and it was a piano company and what it was is it started off with elton john today playing the piano and then as it progressed it went back in time So it went back in time to him in like the 90s, the 80s, the 70s, and the 60s. And then eventually it was a gift for him as a kid. So it's like playing all of his music and it's it's incredibly visually stunning and it's brilliant. Like this is a a million dollar ad. A million dollar ad. And at the end of it, it's a young Elton John, maybe five or six years old. Okay. Opening up like a grand piano for Christmas. And it kind of shows how... How does one open up a grand piano for Christmas? It was just just like wrapped up and then he kind of... Oh, and he didn't know what it was. It was a massive piano, full size. there was like a bow on it or something. I can't remember. I saw this a couple weeks ago. Maybe it's not the ad that was the problem with you not remembering it. I think it was you that was the problem. That's entirely possible. I would not rule that out of of it. Don't be knocking companies' ad campaigns just because you can't remember shit. Perhaps. But maybe maybe that's a testament to the modern consumer. <laughs> I guess, maybe. Maybe modern consumers don't have the intention span to... To listen to Elton John ads? Or, sorry, watch Elton John ads? No, to watch logos at the end of Elton John ads. Ah, I see. Because Elton John is already dated. Maybe that content, since they use Elton John... It wasn't meant for the the mainstream consumer, as in like the younger generation. It was meant for the older generation that'll get more invested in. Yeah, but Elton John's timeless. Elton John's <laughs> one of the artists that is totally timeless. So people of all ages lo- love. Like, it could be a cultural song. thing. I don't give a shit about Elton John. It's a it's like if Elton John. No people, offense. No offense. White to Elton, people love Elton John. Okay, there we go. I was gonna say like no offense to Elton John. I've never heard an Elton John song. I was like. Oh shit! Like this changed my life. Like I, it, I just haven't. But like if Elton John died today, it's like, all right. Like it wouldn't really bother me too much. No offense, Dylan, but like, man, doesn't bother me. I'd be shook if he died. Oh, I'd be. Sh- don't get me wrong. I don't wish death upon anybody. I don't. No, like, I know. Obviously, but it's just like if he died today, it'd be like. Right, Was there ever right. a celebrity death in the musical world that affected you? In the musical world, not particularly like profoundly. Like not even like Prince. Uh, not particularly, no. Hmm. Like, Prince isn't one of my major influences. Like, do I love Prince's music? Yeah, like, like I'll listen to Prince, and, like, Prince is definitely a legend that'll go down go down in time. There's, he, like, no one plays the guitar like Prince, and Prince is Prince. Like, you know, like, he's a legend. But 
it, it's it's like he wasn't a huge influence on my music. I obviously I, I just wasn't I wasn't the biggest fan of Prince. Like yeah, he's a legend, but like honestly, I was a bigger Michael Jackson fan than than Prince. And when Michael Jackson died, I was like shit. But like it didn't really affect me like profoundly. You know what I mean? Has there ever been one that got to you? Not really. Like I was a little shook when X died because like X. I don't know. Just just to clear the record, I don't know about everything that he's done. There's proof on both sides whether or not he's done stuff, whether or not he's not done stuff. And for, strictly for, from a musical standpoint, yeah. but yeah, from a musical, I'm, I'm just I'm just stating my 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 thoughts on the matter because as soon as I bring up X, there's always that controversy that people will be like, "Yo, he's glorifying X, so he must fuck with all the things that that X is reported that has reportedly done." And I say reportedly, not because I support anything against violence against women or, or whatever. I'm just saying because I do there. I don't know. There's there's proof on both sides. I can prove and both disprove all allegations against him. So, and they're both equal in my opinion. So I'm neutral on topic. I stay away from the topic. That's all I'm saying. On a music side, completely music related though with X, this that's the reason that it, when he died, it was kind of like I felt more of something than I had with any other musician that died. I guess that's the best way to put it. Like it didn't really affect me profoundly, but it uh, it just on a very monetary level did. Anyway. X was pushing music forward. He was pushing hip hop in a new direction. Like, it, sure, he started with "Look at me, fuck on me," and well, like then a song called "Look at me." But anyway, like "Look at me, fuck on me." But that's but that getting mainstream really changed the way that we view hip hop. And he was one of the pioneers of SoundCloud rapping, if not the pioneer of SoundCloud rap. And he really pushed the the genre forward. And he without X, we wouldn't have the Juice Worlds or the Ski Mask. Well, Ski Mask debatably would have come up on his own, but. We wouldn't have like the we wouldn't have a lot of the music that we have today, and I'm not like I wasn't a huge fan of the SoundCloud rap, but it's such a release for so many people, and it gives so many people joy and happiness that like it, it it's just like this kid basically created that and made it mainstream for everybody. So I can respect all the happiness that he brought to the game, and he was also a person who could on an album drop a million different genres of music and it just be no, totally normal basically bringing up genre fluidity within music which is something i'm a really big fan of and a person who does that themselves like with my upcoming album loaf boy that's dropping in february 1st for all you who uh, who don't know plug yeah it's a little plug um but with that no two songs on that album sound the same and you don't i don't have nickelback syndrome I do. I do not have Nickelback. I have the farthest from Nickelback syndrome, and if that's tooting my own horn, I guess I'm tooting my own horn. But I, what's one thing I really don't like is is when albums sound the same song to song, and that that's why I can't listen to a whole Killy album or a whole Pressa album. It's like, yeah, you guys are popping, yeah, you guys are cool, but it's like, bro, I uh, give me something different. Give me something different. I want something that's like completely different from what you did before. Click on the next time. I'm like. All right. That's why Childish Gambino is going to be timeless. Oh, my God. Childish Gambino is going to be... He has music that I would be putting on when I'm cleaning the house with my wife and my kids are fucking groaning that I have to do the dishes. But like Redbone's playing in the back and I'm like... Yeah, yeah, like that's that's going to be a timeless classic that's always in my life. Childish Gambino. absolute rager music, too. Oh, absolutely. But exactly. There's there's stuff like Bonfire that I... Yeah. Even still, I still put on Bonfire. I have camp on my phone every single time that I've changed phones. I've always like when I go on Spotify or whatever music downloading service that I'm using at the time, if it's Apple Music, Spotify, or if I'm on Android, any other downloading service, one of the first registers that I search up when I get a new phone to download music on my phone is Childish Gambino. And I, I can't live without Childish Gambino and Frank Ocean on my phone. But back to the main point, or should we just keep, take this blart and continue? I'm going to do a connected blart. Oh, shit. Like a co-blart? Co-blart. A co-blart. So- 
Uh, it's related to both the things we were just talking about. Okay. Uh, would you say that Childish Gambino and Frank Ocean would be, if they died today, the celebrity deaths that would fuck you up the most? Yeah, 100%. Because if Childish Gambino, if we lost Childish Gambino, oh my God, it's like, yes, I know Childish Gambino, it, like Donald Glover's killing Childish Gambino after this next album, and I, I get that. He's also doing a collab album or a collab mixtape, a collab project basically with uh, with Rihanna, by the way. It's just uh, so y'all know. They were recording in Cuba not too, like, well, like a while ago, actually. But anyway, uh, if Childish Gambino dry, died, sorry, died, um, not only would I miss the actual music that comes from Childish Gambino and the the, the complete beyond profound creativity and knowledge that Donald Glover has and, and the power that he puts within his music. I would miss that obviously, but Donald Glover as, as a creative, as a person who, who wrote Atlanta, one of my favorite TV shows that I managed to fall in love with. Well, after one episode, I was like, Holy shit, this is one of the best TV shows I've ever watched. And even for his little, his little like short film, like bro, even the character Troy that he played on community like that, he gives me so much joy as an, as an actor, he gives me joy as a writer. He gives me joy as a musician. As a comic, he's also given me joy. Just, I've never gotten anything bad from Childish Gambino in any way, shape, or form. And he was a, definitely a person I've connected with throughout the years. He would be a person who, like, if he died, like, he's, if I had to pick one person as my idol, Childish Gambino, 150%. If I had to meet one famous person that I could meet today, Childish Gambino, 100%. And not, I, I wouldn't, the first thing I wouldn't, I wouldn't just sit there and talk music with him. I would, I, I would honestly want to get to know him as a man. Pick apart his brain. Exactly. I want to know, how did you get to the place you are right now? How did, tell me your whole story, but not from the stuff that I can find on the internet. Tell me your story. Mm-hmm. Not, this, not the quote unquote Donald Glover or Childish Gambino story. Like this dude is just so creative. And, and I've even stopped watching stuff that's on YouTube that he has from when he was in college, still like just doing it for fun. And you know, that's, He's a huge influence influence on myself, my mus- musical career, my creative career, because I do want to eventually get into directing. And directing is something I wanted to do since I was a kid. I used to direct movies with, with my cousins all the time. My cousins used to act in movies that I would direct all the time. Like I had one when I was a kid that I filmed at my grandma's house. In the basement, we'd be spending spending sorry hours setting up just sets and, and table, whatever we needed for that for that scene and uh, and writing scripts and, and, and actually like filming a movie. I actually got to find it. We were filmed. We were filmed. Jesus. Wow. Apparently I can't talk. I'm going too fast. We were filming this one film called Bill's Big Break, which that was my favorite one. And I can't find the VHS anywhere, but it's about this reporter that like there's this huge story that he got and like gave him this huge success. I never ended up finishing the film because, you know, my attention span at the time was tiny. But anyway, creatively, I want to be moving into a into a basically Tonal Glover is the best master of multiple genres yeah that this multi-talents multi-talents i would he's, even say multiple genres because yeah, he's, multiple he's, genres yeah. he spans beyond genres and yep. into completely different territories he goes beyond film he goes beyond tv he goes beyond he, well, music he, multiple he goes genres in every form of art that he participates in yep so in music he spans multiple genres Correct. in film he spans multiple genres mm-hmm. in comedy even yeah like there's his comedy can go from edgy to silly to zany to one-liners to like his comedy is all over it's very well-rounded comedy as a person who loves stand-up comedy and you know how much i love stand-up mm-hmm. comedy i've been we watching it for do. fucking years we both do honestly like as a person who loves stand-up comedy and is a per- and a person who picks apart scripts when they watch tv shows and like really like try and get into the head of the director when watching TV shows. Like 
I've never watched a Childish Gambino like short film, even like Clapping for the Wrong Reasons. If you haven't watched that, go on YouTube, look up Clapping for the Wrong Reasons. This is the second pod that we're dedicating to Donald Glover. Uh, yeah, yeah all, honestly, like I bowed to Donald Glover. Anyway, we'll get to Frank Ocean in a minute. Give me a second. It's not this amount of dedication to Frank Ocean, but anyway. Uh, anyway, I, I, lost, I lost my train of thought there. What was I talking about? Uh, you are talking about there's never been a... Yes, I got it. Like, There's never been a piece of Donald Glover content, no matter, regardless of what genre, regardless of what discipline it is, that I have been like, I didn't like this. And I'm talking about there's not one piece of content from this man that I've been like, eh, that was all right. Like I, every single bit of content. And I don't know if that's because like society or his branding has romanticized the idea of Donald Glover's material. I don't know if it's a branding standpoint and I'm just a perfect target for that because that's possible. But I know that his his art that he creates, sonically, visually, whatever it is, it all sounds and looks proper. It looks like as it should. Everything fits together. And his the way that he creates really strikes a chord with the way that I interpret. Mm-hmm. And it's just it just works. And that's it. Um, now, moving on to Frank Ocean. Frank Ocean is, is, ever since his Odd Future days, he's been a, a huge inspiration to me. In the terms, in terms of, he's just the guy who musically has done his own thing, regardless of what's surrounding him. And when he was in Odd Future, that's a that's a, a big like I guess a good place to to, to zoom in on because all the guys around him were doing different stuff. Tyler was doing loud and crazy stuff, and then and and he be he be chilling with uh with Sid and Earl who are Sid's doing some different stuff. Earl's doing some different stuff. Honestly, everyone in Odd Future ended up doing some crazy stuff different. Or at least the quintessential members of the group ended up all going off and doing crazy things. Taco's a crazy TJ now. Jasper's just a funny nigga on Instagram who posts funny shit. Anyway, Frank Ocean, he always had a different style to him musically that I really respected because this nigga had a voice on him mm-hmm. and he he had the dynamics within his music to change up whatever it is that he wanted. And he could go from rapping on one song, like on Super Rich Kids, he raps a little bit on that song. Yeah. I use one of his songs, not like or one of Earl's or Tyler's, just because people who know Frank Ocean will know that better. But Super Rich Kids is a good example. And then you hear Earl on the same song. Yeah, super rich kids with nothing but fake friends. Super rich kids with nothing but fake friends. Anyway, so you hear Earl on that, and like you hear the complete differences and stuff, but in in, in that in their musicalities and in, the, in, in what they do, and you hear Frank Ocean go from singing, which is the thing he does best in my opinion, mm-hmm. and then rapping, which is another thing that he does really well, but in a very unique way with a unique pentameter with a unique sorry flow. For, for other people who don't know, it's a Shakespearean Thanks, way of saying flow, huh? I actually needed that. I didn't know a pentameter. Pentameter. Was. So, like in Shakespearean writing, you know how they all talk a certain way. Mm-hmm. That's a, their pentameter, and the pentameter that they're using is iambic. So it's iambic pentameter. Wow. Yeah. So sorry. I guess it's a, as a wordsmith, like a person who likes to string words together, I learn about like pentameters basically. As a person who likes. Like a person who likes TV and a comedic timing, like comedic timing revolves around a prop, depending on the character, revolves around a specific pentameter. So mm. w- your pentameter and how you break up your words and your flow throughout your sentence influences the type of comedy that you have or the type of persona that you give off or whatever. So there's your word for the day, guys. Pentameter. Pentameter. <laughs> you missed my joke. Oh, sorry. What'd you say? So that's tight. Oh my god! So <laughs> we'll, before, we'll talk about that later. Okay, Real yeah, Brothers of Simi Valley. Yeah, actually, I want to. I want to bring up something. So we'll completely blurt right blart. now. I, blart I, alert. We're, we're blarting. 
So I was on Instagram and at the, la- at the end of one of our other podcasts, remember when we left the question open, mm. the one that was like, hold on, I will read the question to you so I don't get it incorrect. But basically it was talking about custom creating children. Yes, yes. You yes. remember that one? Yes, was, that, was, that the, was that the Ben cast? No, that was our most recent one. Oh, okay. Just, just double checking. Wow. Apparently I'm crazy. Yeah, that was our most recent one. We said on this podcast we would answer the question. Yes. So um, basically we have a reply from uh, from someone else. I'm not I'm not sure if I should read out his Instagram. On, actually, you know what? He replied to the cast. He's getting his Instagram put yeah, on the cast. Yeah, you got a shout out. I got to shout him out. So his name is uh, Jerome14, G-O-R-O-M-E 14. Do you know him? On Instagram. I do. That's my boy, okay. Paul. I used to go to Carlton with Paul. Paul's one of the guys that was uh, all the time in the in the study rooms that I would pretend that I booked at Carlton. And I'd literally kick people out of the room who <laughs> booked it, pretend I booked it, go into that room, sit there with my Chromebook and make beats on Absolute my Chromebook. savagery. That is what I would do. Uh, and Paul would be in the room all the time. That'd be he, fourth floor live. Yeah, fourth floor. Floor, the discovery, the disco center, discovery oh, center. Oh yeah, I say disco center, and anyone who doesn't go to Carlson's like, what the fuck? You have a disco center in your fucking library? I'm like, yeah, nigga, we just like hit busting out those fucking moves, you know, them eighty, <laughs> the disco shit. Okay. Anyway, so here, here is Paul's reply. He says, uh, custom creating your own baby should never be a thing, not only for the person creating it, but for the child as well. Life is a gamble. Some things you get and some things you don't. I would want to all, I was sorry. I would want my children to have all the opportunities to live their own life, make their own decisions and et cetera. Cause when you start to talk about a person being custom created, they don't get the choice of growing up being something they choose by picking certain characteristics and so on. Their life is no longer vi- live, sorry, livable because they won't get choice or a chance for freedom. Interesting. What do you uh, what do you think about this? Cuz So I cause think he's saying he wants the most optimal opportunities for the child. So does leaving that up to chance ensure that or I don't know, I'm just playing devil's See, advocate here. Here's what I take from that is that I okay. think even if you gen- genetically modify a child or another human being from birth or pre-birth mm-hmm. in the in the sort of circumstance that we were talking about yeah um i think the one thing that i would say is a little different than his response is that you still can be a free thinking human being and make your free choices that's at least how i interpret it oh, but so it, you, you could possibly give those traits to your child and i think it's depending on what you choose genetically because your your brain your mind in my opinion are a lot shaped by your environment and your experiences mm-hmm. And whereas genetically modifying a child would kind of alter their physical uh, physical experience. So that could be mm-hmm. how they look, yep. uh, whether that's the color of their hair, the size of their muscles, um, you know, their height. But won't uh, that also dictate d- their social diseases? standing as well? And, exactly. So and that can dictate their, help dictate yeah, their mentality. So, yeah. So that's kind of the toss up. So yeah, thanks. Uh, thanks, Paul, for the... Yeah, for, for the, the input. Because that was really interesting. Like, I yeah. wish I could dive into this more, but I almost feel like you need to have that conversation. Well, well, um, maybe. Here's the extension out to Paul. Paul, since I know you and you're a funny dude uh, and someone that we could definitely actually get on the podcast uh, just because you have interesting thoughts on certain things. Uh, extensions out there. We might be able to get a little, uh, little phone call session. We'll get you talking about this at some point on another podcast or another topic of your choosing. We'll find out. But anyway, we can figure out the logistics later. Just DM us, Paul. Anyway, blart. Blart. All right. Give me a blart, Jamie. Go. What do you, uh, what do you want to talk about now? You got a blart. All right. So we're going to talk about what we were Putting just watching. Spot. What we were just watching before 
We started recording this podcast. Ah, uh, yes, you mentioned this earlier. The Real Bros of Simi Valley. The greatest television show. Apparently television the greatest show, show of all ever. time, according to James Lee. So, The Real Bros of Simi Valley is a show, um, and it's it's created by a bunch of YouTubers. So, YouTubers. it's on... It's on uh, Jimmy Tatro's channel, Life According to Jimmy. The first season came out last year. It's four episodes, and the episodes are six minutes long, with the exception of the season finale being eight minutes long. Um, and one thing that I really appreciate about the show is the amount of subtle comedy that is put throughout. Yeah, so that's it's, the it's third time in the past week I've watched the first season, even though it's you can literally take half an hour and watch the whole first season. Yeah, it's, it's not that intense. Yeah, so... I encourage everybody, like, go check it out. It's four episodes. Yeah, and they're all really short. But there's a ton yeah. of really subtle comedy that you start to pick up on the more you watch it. So you pointed one out when Wade has his uh, shoe up. You yeah, can there's see gum on the bottom of his shoe. There's a giant piece of gum on the bottom. Like a massive piece <laughs> like of gum. Like an I'm talking like an large yeah. piece of gum. Like, if, like, it's just one of those things is being an observant person is one of the things that I notice. I notice little things. Yeah. So little pieces of comedy. That's why, again, looping back to Childish Gambino, that's why I'm a huge fan of one of his show, like his show, uh, sorry, not his show, his short film, Clapping for the wrong reasons because everything storyline wise or a lot of things storyline wise are really like in the background and like mm-hmm. make you think. Anyway, I like comedy that makes you think. But anyway, this show, it, like it, it, quote unquote show, uh, this shit could actually be on MTV. Like it's it's shot so at the MTV quality. It's a mock reality. It's a, show. Yeah, it's a mock reality show. It's all it's all very obviously fake. But like, actually, if they any of y'all, sell it well. if any of y'all have seen this, uh, this meme has been circulating around Instagram and all that lately. Um, the meme is is just like, yo, Zen, get your boy, bro. Like, yo, I've known, I've only known this baby, like, or sorry, Xander's only known this baby for like maybe a year. I've known this guy for his ninth grade. It's like this dude is trying to fight a baby in a <laughs> backyard kickback, Bryson. <laughs> Guy named Bryson. No, it's just Bryce. The other oh Bryce. The, the boyfriend. Was that Bryson? The boyfriend at the end of season one was Bryson. Bryson. Okay, because Bryson, Bryson was yeah. dating a girl that Bryce wanted to fuck. Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. Now everything makes sense. Anyway, no Zan, so, get your boy. Yeah. So it's just like this guy. He's like wearing a shirt that says slime and <laughs> and, like a, and a fucking toque, and he's just he just wants to fight this baby because it's taking his boy away from him. Anyway, it's just kind of funny. So if you get the chance, go on YouTube, type in the real bros of simi valley it's actually like it's it's pretty corny comedy not gonna lie it's very mtv-esque but it's supposed to be it's it's supposed to be corny it's fucking hilarious though no but it is so funny it's pretty funny go take half an hour watch four episodes or if you don't want to don't but it is a little bit of a a slight recommendation there uh what i want to talk about it's still related to this it's not a full blart semi blart uh, maybe partial blart. A semi-pro? Uh, but basically, what I find really interesting about the show, aside yep. from the comedy in it, and aside from the fact that they're using several YouTubers, comedy YouTubers, to come together to make this this mock reality show, what I find really interesting is that Facebook Watch picked up the show yep. for season two, and there's as of right now, there's at least two episodes out as of the time that we record this on oh, okay. what is it, December 15th. Uh, today is the Sunday... Uh, December 16th, I believe. Yes, 16th. December 16th, 2018. Wow. Nine days till Christmas. What? Shit, it is nine days till Christmas. Damn. Damn. I, okay, I, yeah. back to this. Yeah, shit. So, uh, what's really fascinating shirt. for me, just from a marketing standpoint, is that Facebook Watch saw that the first ep- first episode of season one on mm-hmm. YouTube put out on this on Jimmy Tatro's channel got 2.3 million views. That's what it's currently at right now. 
And so Facebook Watch takes a hold of this and they're like, you know what? We're going to get bigger production. We're going to get better cameras. We're going to get new characters entering the show. And we're going to make the episodes about like 15 to 17 minutes long. So it's almost like its own sitcom type thing right now. Okay. And what I find really interesting is that each episode is getting at least 800,000 views all on Facebook. Really? Yeah. So right now we are seeing original content which has been being made on Netflix for a long time. Okay. We now have original content being made on Crave, Hulu, Amazon Prime TV. YouTube is now making original content that isn't just YouTubers, but their own YouTube Red stuff and YouTube Premium. So, so all these streaming services, basically what you're getting to, is all these streaming services are starting to invest in new TV shows. Yes. And into independent creators to make content for them. Yes. So okay. what I'm wondering is, is Facebook Watch going to be an up-and-coming place for television shows? And the reason why I think it has a very strong, not television shows, but shows that are, whether they're interview shows, uh, talk shows, uh, podcast shows, which I can see doing very well there. Oh, yeah. Or comedic shows and skit shows. Skit shows. That can do well. Do you think Facebook Watch... Sorry, I'm just going to move my microphone for everybody. It's going to be like, oh, there's microphone noise in the background. Uh, I'm just moving my microphone. There so do you think continue. Facebook Watch has the power to overtake some of these competitors to Netflix? To, oh, to Netflix? Um, to, it might be able to take out... original content. In original content, it might be able to take on and maybe show impressive numbers where they're starting to to take on and like combat more competitively, like the the Hulu's or the Craves or the Crunchy Rolls. Actually, I'm not sure if Crunchy Rolls that's all animation, so I'm not sure what they're funding. But anyway, um, but like, do I think that Facebook can compete with those? It's going to take some time. It's going to take some brilliant marketing because Facebook right now, with at least within the younger generations, is really, really losing its appeal. Like to me, I don't go on Facebook like ever. I get Facebook notifications and be like, yo, you're still using fucking face shit. You're still using fucking Facebook. Sorry, I dropped the mic. Um, you're still using fucking Facebook. Like why are you contacting me on Facebook? That's really weird. Um, I don't know. I don't really use Facebook that much, but do you use Facebook still? Like actually that's like an actual, like, uh, well, I other, use it all the time other than for, for obviously putting up advertisements. No, I use it all the time. Huh? I still use Facebook every single day. Shit. What my opinion on this, what I think Facebook has a shot if they carve out more niche-based content, like I was yeah. saying with potentially mini documentaries and sh- mm-hmm. uh, weekly short films uh, or comedy skits like this. Uh, and I think what can do really well are podcast shows mm-hmm. as well as talk shows on Well, Facebook you keep on Watch. saying podcast shows. What, what are podcast shows in your opinion? Is it like the Breakfast Club videos that they post where it's like just people sitting in front of microphones with a camera? Yeah, it could be that. Oh, okay. Something like that. Um but Should we start I doing think, that? Yeah, I think. Do you think we, we can get a whole lot of nothing Facebook show? Uh, yeah, I, I think I'd be. I'd be so down I think to get it's a something whole... to look into for the new year. Hey, uh, investors that would like to invest in the podcast, <laughs> um, we are open to uh, to getting uh, some some nice new camera and lighting equipment, making this mm-hmm. into an actual studio. Because like this studio is actually like nice to film. Like we could easily film yeah. like a nice podcast in here. If you guys want to help us invest in uh, in some gear, like get DMs at your open. boy. Uh, at WLN, WLN Podcast on Instagram. If you'd like to, uh, you know, make this into a real show, we can uh, we can make that happen. It's just we need some input from outside people, uh, whether it be fans or uh, or people who want to invest. Just, okay, uh, let me know. back to Sorry, Facebook. Back to Facebook, yes. 
So what I think Facebook has over every single platform that mm-hmm. it can compete against for something like this and why I think it can be so massively successful. It's because it has everyone's old disgusting photos from 2004 no. and they got to hold it against nope. you. No. Nope. <laughs> It'll be like, it's, get on our service. It's the we'll fact that it has one button that every single one of these competitors do not. Uh, the share button? Yep. There you go. Because one okay. person can share onto their timeline of a thousand people Mm-hmm. And they can even write a little comment being like, oh my yeah, God, you got to watch Real Bros of Simi Valley. And they're going to get, and if. And you don't have to transition from Netflix into yeah, Facebook. Yeah, there's and the, be, friction, the friction between transitioning from a Facebook post to a YouTube video doesn't exist. Now, do you think, hold on, I feel like if they release this feature, this would, like, sorry, I'm going to say a feature in a second. I'm going to, if they release this feature, it would be the most, it would be insane. If they allowed when when people are trying to share it, like this, this is something that could take their whole thing giant. But if people when people want to share something about that show, it can like imagine they let them take a fifteen second like story length snippet of the show, whatever part of the show that they're currently watching, mm. and it let them share that to their timeline. Only Facebook so or Instagram, because like, Facebook still owns Instagram. Yes, because so it's basically you share it, but you take out a little piece of it, almost like a trailer for, exactly. for the episode. Well, and the thing is, if they did that, they could let people who are sharing it take the content that th- they find funny from their service and publish it on their page, which is branded around the the, w- the thing that they just filmed, their style of filming. So like they're basically allowing the person to brand the show in their way that they want to and match with their branding that they already have on their Instagram to go to their followers who already fit the niche of that person and the way that they're branding. I feel like that would that would basically that I think would, that could be very interesting. Extremely interesting because then influencers who have a following that knows that they have a certain comedy that they like, they could go if they find a show that they want to recommend to people, or if a show said to them, "Hey, I'll give you this amount of money if you share it." They can go on to that show and they can let's say they give them fifteen seconds. They can find the part that they personally find funny and take that 15 seconds and record it and put it out to their followers who probably if they're if if their followers have the same kind of comedy mindset or comedic uh interpretation that they do uh sense of humor jesus that's what i was looking for (laughs) that's just damn sense of humor their uh their followers would have the same type of same sense of humor as they would so if they're putting out something and it's like oh they have the same sense of humor they have the same interests like they allows them to take 15 seconds that's exactly what they would want to show their followers or exactly what their followers would want to see from the show and put it out. I, I don't know. I really feel like that would add another element to, uh, to sharing. So and essentially if you could like take snippets and then convert that automatically from Facebook into an Instagram story. Yeah. And it would be a seamless thing because Facebook owns Instagram. It's integrated. Exactly. And it would only integrated sharing. And it would only let you share it to the story, and the story comes down after 24 hours. So therefore, there's not really any. Con- and it would you could have a Facebook Watch little tag on it, so that ah, there, it says Facebook Watch, and you can swipe up oh, to watch well, that episode. If it was like this, because or to watch on that series, Spotify right now, yeah, like you can go on Spotify and you can share to your Instagram story, really? and then oh. at the top it'll say yeah, yeah, play on Spotify. So you click that. Yeah. And then you can go listen exactly to that. Exactly like that. Whether that's a pod, well, that's how I share some of these podcasts. Yep. I've or done the same a thing. song, or like you come out with a new album or yep. a song. It's like, yo, here it is. Check it out on Spotify. It's linked directly into your Instagram story. It eliminates the amount of friction that happens 
when people want to search up your content, look it up, find it, search through everything that has a similar name, especially when you're small and you're growing, yeah. and then going for it. It just basically That's gets a- exactly the content you want to exactly the people you want, eliminating, as you were saying, the friction Mm-hmm. Between them actually having to find them wanting to find you and them finding you, which is one of the reasons what it would make them not want to find you. Yeah, is the friction. Anyway, I really feel like like yo, Facebook grabs that idea and runs with it. I'm gonna say it was my idea. <laughs> <laughs> if it, if they start letting people take the snippets that they want from their shows and putting it up on their story, which is only up for 24 hours, which really wouldn't like. And even if they had a little spoiler alert thing that popped up right before it. So if you're watching someone's story and there'd be a, a little like a little barrier that pops up and says, spoiler alert, have you seen this show? And they click a yes, if they click ah. yes or no. And then it's boom. Then there's 15 seconds of, of whatever show that they wanted. And it could be spoilers, could not be. I don't know. And then I just feel like this is a really like if Facebook took the like this is an idea that Facebook could take and run with. And I'm surprised that they haven't like no other uh, other me- social media site has really allowed people to do this other than if you take out your phone for Snapchat and you record what's on your TV, but nothing allows you to go straight from Netflix, which you could be watching on your phone straight to, to Twitter, to Twitter or, or Facebook. Actually, or, I think you can on Twitter. Oh. Um, well, you, and link. you can't screen and one thing as that link. people might be thinking oh why don't, you, why don't you just screen record as much as you want and then put it up on Instagram or Facebook your iPhone won't let you screen record and nobody wants your Android screen recordings and not just so, that that's friction that's yeah, exactly. friction for the person posting the content exactly. people don't want to do that exactly. people want one touch to share they one want touch butter, to bro. receive they want butter mm-hmm. they want it smooth they want butter in the microwave smooth that's how easy everything should be to share. And I feel like that idea would be super, super. And, and it's not really, it's just 15 seconds. Let everything them take 15 seconds. Everything should be seconds. so well integrated that it looks completely native. Even I feel like we isn't. are going to be moving towards a point where social media is going to be a major part of actually just mainstream life. Blart, by the way. Well, it is. I think it is right now. No, but even more so. Like, I feel like right now we have different social medias. There's going to be a social media that eventually takes over and is is now a part of everything. And I feel like Amazon is going to be a huge part of it where it's going to be. I'm not sure if there's going to be so much partnerships between companies as well. There's going to be partnerships between companies, but I feel like there's going to be like one main connecting unit between a bunch of different companies that will all help the world go around. I think that's going to be VR. VR, like what, like the entire world is going to be the, an online world. We're going to create a world within our world. Hundred percent. Well, hold so on. I, what I I'm think... getting at is, I feel like there's going to be one thing that is social media, and one thing that is that that's where you find everybody on. Everybody's on this content from when you're a child. And, and going back to, I'm not sure if we talked about this on the podcast uh, before, but you know how um, parents make Instagrams for their babies. Yes. When their babies get old enough to run that Instagram themselves, do the parents pass that Instagram down to the baby or do or the child now or do the, does the child build, make their own Instagram? I think it's that's going to be the family. that's going to be a new thing. That's a regular thing that's going to be part of p- kids lives growing up. It's like, where did you get your Instagram from? Or, or, yo, all I had to delete all the baby photos off my Instagram because like. Basically, kids' lives in in the next generation are going to be so are so public that they're already so going to be so used to their entire life, their entire everything being up on the internet, and their entire life is all up on the internet from birth. So I feel like they're going to be so open to having one big social media platform that ties everybody together. I don't think it's going to be one platform. Okay, sorry, then maybe multiple platforms that all work together to help create... Because remember, we're talking about an online world, and as we're getting 
further on in society, like social medias are taking up a lot more of our, of our sense of the world. Mm -hmm. Like if we want to find someone to fuck, we go on Tinder. We want to find someone to talk to or, or someone to whose content we enjoy and we want to consume. We go on YouTube. Uh, we want to find someone. We want to, we want to see what their daily life is. Like we go on Snapchat and we find that person and yeah, there's a bunch of, sorry. Yeah. You, you, I think you're right where it will be a bunch of separate different companies, but that's what it is right now. It could be completely different in the future where Amazon just takes over your Snapchat <laughs> and everything. And like just starts marketing to you based on everything that you do anyway. But I feel like now we're moving, we're going to be moving into a generation with the generation that's coming up now where everyone's, where they've just been on the internet since children, at least a lot of them. I feel like they're going to move into an even deeper level of social media that like, I don't even know if we can really comprehend at this point. That VR? is going to be VR. Do you, okay. Do you think the internet is going to end up becoming like this thing that we've seen in sci-fi movies, we've seen in like cartoons or whatever, where they talk about the future where you literally sit in a chair, put on a gog- put on goggles, and you go to the internet. It makes so much sense. I feel like I it, think it could get 100%. that to that point. It'd be kind of cool, honestly. I think well, it's possible. As of right now, uh, the NBA basically made a partnership with a VR company. Okay. And what I saw was that they had cameras all around the, the court near. Oh my god! Side. Virtual reality seats. And exactly. No. Fu- oh my Think god! How smart is that? That's now, fucking. Now, br- you can sell millions of exactly. them. Exactly. So imagine. Oh my imagine god! You, you pay either a subscription for the year for NBA VR access, and then you're right there on the. And court, there's different tiers, everything. and you can like they can have the cameras in different spots, bro. Yeah. Oh my! You yeah. have more options, like, mm-hmm. bro. I feel like they're gonna it's soon gonna disrupt everything. I feel like it's soon gonna take over the internet. That I is feel the like only thing that the internet is currently vulnerable to. Think about action sports. Think about action sports where they could have uh, the actual like snowboarders doing slope style wearing uh, GoPros, and you can act or like three sixty cameras while mm-hmm. they're riding competitively and you can see what they're seeing while they're seeing it. Yeah. This opens up a completely new market. Holy shit! Yeah. Oh so, my god! Imagine so that's the action sport, action sports VR market is absolutely massive. Oh, oh, jeez! So hold on, we might have to invest in something. Well, like imagine you're watching you're watching a, a basketball game, <coughs> and as the ball is going down the court, you're looking around, pivoting your head sideways, yeah, looking like, like you're who's there. open, like you're. It's almost and you know there could be cameras on the refs. Yeah. So the refs are following. You have the ref cam. You're and that way, that, that way, that takes away. And you can, imagine integrating. You know how I was saying we can have one. Well, they could go on one unifying, you know, I was saying one unifying social media. Imagine they give people ref view and you could, you could V viewing from the ref and you could vote on your social media, mm-hmm. whether or not the call that it was just made is valid or not, because you saw it from the ref size with the camera. And, and then oh even my beyond God. that, think of it this way. When we play open world games, such as the Skyrims or yeah. the Assassin's Creeds of the world, yeah. and you can go everywhere in this, this world, or the Grand Theft Theft Grand Autos. Theft Autos and, and yeah. the, the world that Red you're Dead in is, is, is that, yeah. huge and yeah. it's expansive. You can go everywhere. Yeah. Now imagine if you did that in a VR world. That would be crazy, was, but there's already was, games you can do that right now. No, with. but imagine if it was open sourced and everybody could add to it. So it's That's, not just Rockstar okay. games that can add to this. You know, it's like it's like private developers. Like anyone what, what can would add the private developers this. offer? Like what? Like how could that? How would that not decrease the value of the game unless they're building stuff in the Think game? Think of it this way: using this, the game's algorithm. No, but al- it like does, I'm not stuff. talking about a game. I'm talking about the concept of an open world. 
So you so, just want so, to make a so you would create like an you, avatar. You create and, a, and you walk yeah. around in this world that everyone can just create whatever they want. Exactly. It's like Minecraft it's where there's servers everywhere you can create like whatever. Just like the internet today, just like the internet today, it's completely open. So anyone can create on it, anyone can build and add to it, and the way that people make money is by selling digital VR products within it. Well, what about or, digital property? Exactly, digital property okay. as well as data. So these developers can create these spaces within VR and then collect people's data on how they use it, how they interact, and they can sell those to marketers, okay. sell those to media They can change platforms. the world around them to Ex- cater to them, to exactly. keep them there longer, to get them to buy things? Exactly. Ah. Now, imagine, now imagine Amazon invests in VR, yep. okay? Bro, and Amazon so could rule of, the entire VR space. Well, 100%. And make have, it th- so easy that if you're using something in that VR space, will. you could click on it and have it in real life. Like, that's exactly what I was Online going to. Online VR product so, demos. Like right now, for the past like 100 years, we've been going to shopping malls, we've been going into stores, we've been purchasing products, and we're becoming less and less like that. We're going and looking online on our laptops and yep. finding out alternatives. Now, imagine you're in VR. Okay, and you you see an outfit, okay, and you want to scroll through it, and you just move your hand, wave it, and you're going through these dresses, these shoes, and these things, and it looks real. Yeah, and you're actively interacting with it, and then you can purchase it right there. You see it, you can see how well it fits. You have your avatar, you and it's maybe to scale of your own body size yeah. that day. So it's not like you it's it's being constantly updated. So you could see will this actually fit on my body, on my body type? On my you body check, right now, yeah. You check. Boom. And then it tells you maybe some stats about it, like, and all these other things. Mm. VR is going to be, in 20, 30 years, is going to completely revolutionize the world. It's going to, I can see that. Yeah. I think it's, the internet is not going to live where it currently is. In it's our not going to stay static, basically. It's going to, VR is going to be, we're going to get to the point, I believe, where VR is actually occupying more of our time and is more important economically than AR. I'm not talking augmented reality, I'm talking actual reality. So just reality. Yes, R. R. Um, that's pretty. Yeah, I can There's see that. But so much potential I feel like, there. I feel like the way that this that reality is going to transmit transition into virtual reality is as soon as we can get something that gives us actual tangible tactile feedback, like mm-hmm. gloves that you could put on. So it's like when you're playing a video game and you, you need to swing things. a sword, you feel you holding the sword, mm-hmm. and you don't have to go out and buy a sword to do that. Or you, like you don't have to go out and buy a pretend sword that you can be holding to swing around because then that's different than VR. You know what I mean? Until they can add weight to things, until they can add a feeling to things that makes VR re- more realistic. I feel like that's currently what's holding back VR. Also, not having this whole open world source that's basically the next level of the. It's just forty or sorry, three D internet. Yes, but also. I'm going to add to this even further two points. Okay. One, the industries that are going to be revolutionized and changed by this are travel and tourism. Travel travel and tourism, audio is going to boom. No, uh, video is going to boom. The ones I'm thinking yeah, of specifically, like, travel and tourism is going to be completely revolutionized because people are going to create these oasises, pun intended, based on uh, what was that VR movie that came out? Ready Player One. And the okay. book. I never read that, but you should, it's uh, it's interesting. You should watch the movie at least. Have you seen the movie? Yeah. Okay. Yes. I, I'll give it a try. Why not? Um, and so you're gonna have these places that are like like an oasis, and now I'm talking like an oasis in the movie or the book, but it's it's gonna completely disrupt tourism because it's gonna be the essentially your dream destination and you're going to be able to interact with it. You're going to meet people there and you're going to have all these fun activities and different things that you can do within VR. And it's going to make people want to stay 
at home, which is going to piss off Travel our generation companies. as parents because we are going to be the ones that have kids that are living in a VR world and not in an actual reality world. Yeah. And I think that's going to piss off parents that our that 20, 30 years from now that are our age currently and the same way that parents are pissed off over social media right now. Do you think that like do you think that there's going to be an element to VR when if it, if it does become an open source world that your your personal accounts on like Instagram as I was saying before, your Instagram account like a lot of these kids that we're going to be having they're they're going to have Instagram accounts from when they were when they're an infant and we're tagging them in well, photos. Well, there's going to be VR platforms that are built within it. What I'm saying is on this online world, do you think there's going to be an ability to to link your social media to be like if someone sees this person on this online or open world that they're walking around in or on this server that they're currently walking around in, I guess because I, I guess servers are going to be the new thing instead of websites it's like yo I go to this server and I walk around in this and look at all the things on this server I guess I, I'm, I'm thinking like a Minecraft kind of style thing but anyway it's going to be do more you think do you think when you're when you're looking at someone as a security thing it's going to be when you're walking around this VR world I see you and then when I see you you're personal your whatever new like let's say it's just instagram to keep it simple your instagram's linked above you so you can see who this person is and who they like do you do you think that's going to be an element as I well like do you think social media is going to be an element I don't think of social vr media is going to exist there but i think there are going to be social platforms built within that are just impossible pr- to predict but i'll go back to my okay, point yeah, that sorry. i was talking about before because i had the second yeah, thing we blurred it a bit that i think vr is going to revolutionize and i think it's business meetings oh now, yeah, business teams are going to be built all around the world, like they currently are. Mm-hmm. But instead of having to go on Skype or on FaceTime and have like a really shitty connection, you're going to go into these VR meeting rooms. This has been on sci- and sci-fi movies since like the dawn of sci-fi. Yeah, hundred percent. But this is an actual thing that's going to. Yeah, yeah we've had the technology actual, now. This virtual reality is going to be an actual reality happening soon. Yeah. So imagine you're you're at a corporate meeting and you're like, you know what? We're calling a meeting. Let's meet. Let's meet in the VR room. And you, whether that's you book a space, you build a space, oh. or there's just so many spaces and you get people. One one person is from China. One person is from Japan. One person is from Mexico. You you and your friend, like your your team are there from Canada. And you all meet in this, in this space and you see each other, you interact with each other. And if you have presentations to do, you do them in VR. If you have things that you want to show, like models, uh, I'm not talking like people models. I'm talking about Booty. like- I'm talking. <laughs> I'm not talking about models as in people. I'm talking about models as in you're trying to build a new city or infrastructure within VR, and you have these models there, and you're like, "Listen, this is the infrastructure." Like they that can we look can build. out the window and see exactly what you're talking yes, about. Yes, or you present it on whatever table you're in in the room with. You can like, there's and fuck a table. You could be floating on a fucking platform in the sky saying if you're talking about a building and architecture you can be like floating on a floating on a platform literally literally showing the building that you're imagining in 3d and float around it and see every aspect of it exactly and not have to do it in video each person can be standing there just like they're actually like flying in a helicopter around the building that they're that hasn't even been built yet and what's gonna happen is that people are gonna be spending eight to twelve hours a day in vr and then one to two hours a day in actual reality because it's better what do you think that's going to do evolution wise to our eyes to to just completely blart do you think we're going to end up eventually then instead of going out in the real world we're just investing more in vr and vr experiences like yo we want to we drive a lot of cars in vr let's buy a vr a nice vr car 
uh, em- like simulator, like all the all the different components, whether it be steering wheel, your clutch, your pet, your gas, it's your brake. It's going to make time travel possible. It definitely will make time travel 100% possible, where you could go back in time to whatever time and literally live in it and do whatever the fuck you want It'll in it. It'll be simulated, simulated time travel. And there's, there's no time travel paradoxes in that point. Or what if there is built into the equation? That would be what really cool, but like it would be a, really hard to regulate. Like a, no, no, I'm not person. talking about the general rule, but what if... What if there's like a uh, a VR program that you can you could join, just like you join a social network, just like you join a video game, just, just like, like that. You, okay, like and it's you, called like, time travel. Okay, and you play by the rules of time travel in the VR world. That's fucking cool. That would be rad. Do you know so how much effort is, would have to go into recreating the experience of the, of every single era ever? Yes, but this is but you're also forgetting that VR is going to be made by not just people, but by AI as well. Oh, so it can literally just be. It, it can constantly update, and it's going to be built by things that are more intelligent than what we are. And Do you think gonna, they'd update the future programs? Like, let's say you're I on this program so. and you want to go ahead fifty years, they'll create the AI to basically act like they assume people are going to be behaving like in fifty years. Well, based I, on what they're seeing in current events, I hundred percent because they're going to have these like complex, AI is going to be crazy level. They're going to have these complex algorithms and different calculations that they make based on current habits of society of the world, and then they can make predictions from there. Well, if this happens, there's this much percentage of this of the world turning into this and that. And obviously, they can't make a perfect prediction, but they can make predictions. Yeah, and so they can have all these different realities in multiverses <laughs> always looping it back Loopity loop. the, the multiverse is going to live within virtual reality i think i think that's going to be the epitome of human technological evolution within okay. the next 30 30 years within the next 30 years yeah definitely i can see that like like my kids in the future even though i don't really want kids as of right now anyway my my view in the future is that yeah, this is probably going to be something my kids are into because looking at the stuff that my brother's into, my brother's 11 years younger than me, looking at the stuff that he's into, he's very much in, in, enveloped in not necessarily social media, but in online games like Roblox. You know how we were super interested in Minecraft, which is mm-hmm. the closest we had to VR in creating an optimal world, like right, Minecraft, RuneScape. universe, yeah. Exactly. It's the closest that we had. He he loves Roblox and or and like going around and, and being doing different simulators and he'd be... He'll be one one minute he'll be playing a first person shooter. The next minute he'll be going to to like basically building kind of stuff, building and mining similar to Minecraft. Next one he'll be robbing a bank in a third person game. Like basically, it's giving him the freedom to jump around and do anything he wants in this world, create his character any certain way. Mm-hmm. And now what you're saying is with VR, it's just going to basically add another element to that where you literally are that. That literally is your life, and everything is different. It's a complete extension of you. I just really think, yeah, this is going to happen. It's definitely moving towards that. But the, it's only going to happen once a form of tactile feedback that is extremely, extremely good comes to the market and, and markets itself properly where it hits the mainstream. I think it's less the marketing and more so the technology. Well, the technology I needs think, to be there as well. But I think the, the is, technology needs to be so overwhelmingly incredible that I, yeah, it's impossible to pass up upon. Yeah, because well, that has to happen. Like but the, like, they do have the technology now, which makes things a lot easier. Like, they have gloves that do yeah, somewhat but simulate. Not, they're not that good, and they're expensive. It has to be. It has to be easily digestible by the average consumer, and easily spent and justified to spend that money on that thing. Okay. So it can't be too expensive, and the tech has to be so. So we have good to wait until it seamless. comes down to about two hundred dollars. 
or less that tech, or whatever. Two, yeah, 200 less. Like, I'm saying two, be, 200 is like the most for It has to be completely... Regular consumer content. Yeah, it has to be items. like... So like phones right now. Mm-hmm. Phones in the early and mid-90s, like cell phones, even though they were massive, yeah. were not easily consumed by everybody because it was hard to justify the price for such a big item and it was limited. It was limited in its capabilities. Whereas today, the technology is so good and hard to ignore that you can do so many different things on it that, and it's relatively they're relatively affordable that it can be consumed by the masses. Okay, and that's what has to happen. And that's going to take a long, long time for that to develop. But I think so. Within the next thirty years, you're saying this this technology will exist, yes. and then be at a price point where the everyday consumer can can get it. And that being done and available, that's going to basically create, the, make, sorry, make this space online in VR into the the biggest thing since sliced bread. It's, it's going to make bigger. it so that you can go. I found it's going to be the biggest thing, in, the, in my opinion. It's going to be the next I world. Think I think it's going to be the biggest thing since everything. Do you think that? I think it's going to be bigger than anything that's ever happened to humanity. Okay, how about this? Jump. Like three hundred years in the future, do you think VR is going to be existent to a point where okay, maybe not three hundred years. Let's say a hundred years in the future, whatever. Do you think it's going to we're going to get to a point where the world is so polluted, it's it's terrible, and we since the world outside isn't really inha- that inhabitable anymore, we're almost in like a hibernation mode, and just living in VR, or or not a hibernation mode, just like we don't really go outside or do anything much, but we just live in VR. Do you think that's the next I step? I think because it because if VR becomes the regular way that people live their life, do their jobs, and do everything, then I feel like like housing will get a lot simpler because people are going to live their entire I mean, life in the VR. There's not going to be you have New York prices are going to go right down because I, know, I feel like the, there's going to be a the, thousand people within one floor because the they just need to sit market, in like a pod. All the day. housing market within VR is going to be expensive. Oh yeah, that's what I'm that's saying. That's where happen. the actual property value physical is going. Places aren't physical real estate is not going to be as valuable as virtual real estate exactly. at some point. That's where I'm going. Good. Now I don't know how to. far that is because that's when you're so deep into it that the entire world has accepted it as this is our new way the, yeah. of life. But what I'm thinking is you could even make the argument that total assimilation of VR would be one of the best things to happen to the environment. It would be definitely because there'd be less people out there driving because they wouldn't have to. People wouldn't drive. They wouldn't. They wouldn't take drive. Flights. They wouldn't litter. They wouldn't pollute. Like things wouldn't need to be packaged the same way. Mm-hmm. Everything would literally change, and that's all because people are spending more time. In, basically, the less mass consumerism hu- would the be less hum- VR. Well, the the the, the less hum- the humans would be actually using the earth less, and there'd be less humans bothering the earth. Mm-hmm. So the earth would have a chance to, well, be the earth and re- rejuvenate itself, that kind of thing. So, yeah, it definitely it would be the de- best the thing only for the environment. Thi- the f- things that Well, could, production of all this equipment would be. It would help, but at the same time, you're going to have a lot of issues still with food and oh, yes. food scarcity yeah. and the pollution that's caused by the things that we do eat, whether that's from deforestation, whether that's from the methane that comes from uh, cattle or so many other factors. That is still not solvable at least off the top of my head by vr entirely however with advanced technology does come advanced genetics and so as of right now you can get vegan chicken yeah which is it's actual it's a chicken. chicken that's been raised vegan <laughs> no no no. it's I'm an kidding, actual chicken like it's cellular at the cellular level it's still chicken but it's made in a petri dish 
So, and you're going to see genetics, I think, in the future that are going to produce beef, they're going to produce meat, but it's going to be in a lot more economical and sustainable way. So they're going to completely get rid of the actual animal and eating of the actual animal and just use their DNA to create... The, I hope like, so. To, to Jar- Jurassic know. Park that shit? Like, I don't know if that's going to be something that's going to be absorbed by consumers entirely because okay. it is it, it is weird. Anytime there's new, crazy, advanced science, people are skeptical about it unless it directly saves a life. So, for example, if somebody were to grow a heart in a Petri dish and then... Or that that's kind of like the joke, grow a heart in a Petri dish, but grow a hu- an actual human heart out of your own stem cells. It's so, doable. It's so been done. It's, it's, it's been it's done doable. with lungs, it's been, been done, done with livers, been done with kidneys. Like but it's been people, done. people are open to that because they're, that's their last resort. Well, right? people are inherently selfish. If it helps no, us, we're okay with it. It's But people are open to that because it's, the, it's a last resort and it can save your life. Whereas this, people don't think that raising cattle or deforestation is as important of, or as, as big of a problem as it is, because you can't see it right away, and it doesn't seem like a last resort option, which is why I think it's going to be tough for consumers to adjust to that sort of thing. I feel like once they eat it, and it just tastes the exact same, but it's made in a lab. But the problem is, is that at first it's going to be more expensive. Oh, it's going to be insanely more expensive. Just like organic food is insane expense, but... Mm-hmm. Then eventually the price, like as soon as people were like, yo, organic's the new shit. Organic food was crazy expensive. It's still pretty expensive. But again, once the technology is there and it's so well produced that it can't be ignored and it's affordable enough that the average consumer can afford it, it's going to be adopted by the masses. Do you think think a real steak is going to become like a delicacy? Like actual, mm. like actual veal or something. Like I said, if this because if this was mainstream, mainstream, like no. we're all living in our VR houses, eating our, our our food that's been our beef that's been made in a lab, and then do you think a real like I extravagant think- like very rich person experience is to oh everyone else has been eating this this like this lab made all the regular peasants eat this lab made beef. I just uh, went to a fancy restaurant and ordered real beef. I think it's going to go the opposite. Yeah? I think it's going to be... Oh, I'm saying this is after like everyone I has agree. accepted. No, okay. I agree. I think it's going to go backwards. What do you mean? So I think it's going to be like, wow, you're too, you're too poor to afford genetically engineered beef. Like you actually had to get a real cow. That's disgusting of you. That could be sixty years from now. I don't know if it would go that way. I really. The reason is, is I think that you're going to have genetically modified meats and beefs that are going to be so well crafted and so like defined that chefs and butchers are going to become are going to be scientists. And so it's like, oh, you know, like. French. Molecular gastronomy is going to be more of a thing. So, like, Francesca is okay. the most incredible, like, biologist that makes the best beef in the world, and you have to try it. It's an absolute delicacy. She's crafted, like, the genetics of this by pulling in all these different things. And, do you like, think animal, like, do you think meat, animal hybrid meats made oh, on a gel- genetic level? Bake? Like, like, I'm talking, like, like, chick beef. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, bake, or, or, or like, like different fishes mixed together that fish. Bacon chief instead of chicken and. Oh beef. my God. Bacon Wait, chief. the turducken. Oh, you're going to get an actual turducken slice of meat. No stuffing, no different textures, the actual, all the flavors together turducken. And it's going to look like, like a like just a turkey or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, now hold on, hold on. 
Do you <laughs> think cracking? Now hold on. Do you think after they make all these and we're eating all these genetically uh, genetically made beefs and and chickens and turduckins and whatever? We're making all this. Do you think that they're gonna that there's gonna be a VR element to it as well? Like it might look pretty bland. It might not look like actual beef you're or whatever. You purchase it on VR, and you purchase it on VR, and you're eating it, and it's just like what? Like your robot serves it to you, but you don't see what your actual house looks like. It's just like whatever you want your robot to look like, it looks like that in your VR. It brings you your food. You see whatever you want to see. You eat it. Like, do you think VR is gonna take over to that point where it's like your everyday things that you're doing, eating, sleeping, shitting, like? are going to be revolving around VR and your world around you in your real life is not really going to have much to it because there doesn't need to be anything because you're never looking at it. You're looking through at it through a screen. I think it is going to get to that point. Okay. Because like, people- like you can have any view out your window that you want in VR, but in exactly. real life, your actual house that you're actually living in with, with, without your VR goggles on is just like nothing. There's nothing there. Because there doesn't have to be anything. Like there's just a table that your VR registers where your table is, where those chairs are, so you don't walk into furniture and shit. But you see what you want to see. Exactly. Right? Well, think of it this way. Do you think humans, that that's where it's going? Yes. And the reason I say that is because historically humans find the simplest way or the path of least resistance to find stimulation. Yes. Every time. Yep. Like that's that's why people drink. That's why people. Um, in when they get depressed or in really tough situations, that's why not all, but many of them turn to drugs. Oftentimes, is the simplest path to sim- stimulation is what they take. VR is going to be the simplest path to any form of stimulant that you will find in the history of humanity. Mm-hmm. There's nothing because everything is possible. Yeah, there's the, it's going to completely eliminate any excuse to do anything you've ever wanted in your life. Yeah. And it's going to create so much opportunity for everybody. But there are it's going to come at costs. Oh, it's going of to come at costs that maybe vitamin D deficiencies. But the thing is they happen. can come out with they can start putting in this genetically engineered beef that we're all eating. They oh, can insert Oh, there you go. They can insert vitamin D, a sufficient amount of vitamin D that if you eat this much of this meat that's still t- technically meat but kind of vegan. Mm-hmm. You're, you're, you get all the daily nutrients that you would need, just like if you were outside. Mm-hmm. Huh. That's kind of, this it's is kind of wild, bro. It's Honestly. It's a realm completely full and open to possibilities. Now, we've reached an hour on this pod. Yes, we have. And we're going to try and, because we've had such an interesting conversation This is a really, this, this, is one, this is definitely one this of the most interesting really pods. This really fired me up because yeah. it's so full of possibility. What I pod want to stability. do, pod stability. <laughs> what I want to do is hold on, hold on. VR podcasts. People can literally be in the room with us it'd be like while we're arena. having a podcast. You could be in a VR arena, like a verena. Anyways, sorry, ask So, what I want to do is just like the last podcast where we extended a question out to the audience. Feel free to DM us at WLN Podcast on Instagram if you have an answer. Send it in either as a as a text or even a voice message. A yeah. voice message could be cool. That would be fantastic. Yeah, a voice message would be perfect because you can get, say exactly what you want and get your voice exactly heard the way that you want it. Exactly. So yep. send us in what you think is the future of VR. How is it going to change our day-to-day life? And yep. get really, really detailed with it if you can. Yeah. And send it in what you think is going to be in 30, 40, 50 years. Like, really down the line when VR tech is completely it's taken over the market. What is going to happen to society? Is it going to be good for us? Is it going to be bad? What are the details? Like, wh- how is it going to change us? In what ways? Yep. Let us know any thoughts that you have about that space and what you think is going to be the sort of 
details that are within. And if you don't have a fully formed opinion on it, if, you, if you're sitting there and you're like, I don't know anything about this stuff, find a friend or a member of your family that does and ask their opinion on it. Every, one thing that I'm really huge on is everybody in my and everybody that's in my close circle, everyone that I respect at least, is very big on is is it gaining as much knowledge as humanly possible, whether or not it be with what you're as thinking. As virtually of. possible. Ha <laughs> For those of you who don't know, that's from my favorite character of Family Guy. Look up Family Guy Ostrich. You'll see what I mean. Anyway, all the people in my life that I really respect are very fluid with their mentalities because they're always open to getting more knowledge. Just the way that I think, the way my mom thinks, the way every person in my life that I respect thinks, the way Jamie thinks as well. It's If there's another piece of knowledge that pops up that's open, that changes my mentality, gives me more information than I had currently, and helps me inform my decisions in the future, that is something that I want in my life. Anyway, if you're a person who doesn't know much about the VR space and you don't really have much of an opinion, go find someone that you know that is more of a techie and expand your knowledge a little. Ask their opinion on it. Get them to send in, or you send in their voice, uh, like after, or after, or their voice recording of them talking about it. Or you ask them, they fill you in on what their thoughts are on it, and then you give us your thoughts on it. Send it in at WLN Podcast, and we will play it on the next podcast if uh, if we get some some good ones. Anyway, my name is Roland Prince, just as usual, at Roland the Prince on Instagram. Across the table is... My name is Jamie, Jamie Lee, at James Life, life with two E's on Insta. There it is. And remember... Send us in what you think the future of VR is. The future. How will it affect our daily lives? How will it change us? How will it change us as a species evolutionarily? And uh, do you think that this will open up more problems or less problems? Do you think like this is where warfare is going in the future, where instead of real people are dying, it's actual the everyday people of the society We're are fighting wars for us online? We're going too far. I don't know. I could talk about this for a longer time, bro. Like We could honestly keep on going with this. No, we've, we've ended this. <sighs> All right. Well, whatever. Thank you to everybody who tuned in this week. We will be posting again on Wednesday, so stay tuned. Uh, hit us up on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Apple Music, all that stuff. Thank you so much for tuning in. Jamie, do you have any other words you want to say? Thank you, and good night. Good night, humans. <laughs>